0: Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We're excited to talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening.
1: What's up, friends and family? Today we are talking about Revelation chapter 20. And this is one of the chapters that again has uh, timelines, um, specific number of years, more symbology that causes... Some confusion, division, and or good conversation about what this all means. (laughs) So today, we're not here to argue and debate things. We're here just to present what we think the scripture says. And uh, at the end of the day, when it comes to the millennium and how long is this and when is this, Mm -hmm. the ending is still the same. Jesus Christ triumphs, Satan Mm -hmm. loses, we're on Team Jesus, there's a lot to celebrate.
0: Yeah, I think that the victory is what gives us the, the hope. So some of the details, you know, we're like, oh, I'm not sure how this is going to work out or what this is going to look like, but we have hope in the victory that we already have in Christ and then the, his coming and how there's going to be the final victory forever. And we kind of get that in chapter 19 also, that you see Jesus, um, as the King of Kings, that he vanquishes his enemies, um, when we're talking about false prophets and the beasts, um, and people who torment earthly Kings that torment God's people, all those, those are done. But now we kind of move to chapter twenty and we're understanding that the ultimate evil, Satan, still, you know, we're still dealing with him. And so that that battle needs to happen. And it's just a really even though it's kind of tricky like we're talking about, it's still like, I'm so grateful this is in the Bible. So I know it's oh, hard for, to understand. It's very <laughs> but helpful like, can though. you imagine if, yeah, if this was like, you know, okay, we're just gonna end it there with the with the right horse and the rider like no we need we need to know that like okay thank you lord thank you for this vision john and so anyway the first thing so in verses two and three that you kind of read about oh actually let's talk about the satan yeah, in the just, abyss, too. Before yeah, we verse get there. one, it says, I okay. saw an
1: angel coming down out of heaven, mm-hmm. having a key to the abyss, and holding in his hand a great chain. He seized the dragon, the ancient serpent, who is the devil or Satan, mm-hmm. and bound him for a thousand years. He threw him into the abyss and locked him and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations any more until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be set free for a short time. Hmm. So in God's perfect justice, Satan is going to be seized, bound. He is going to lose. That is a fact. Um, What's so interesting about Revelation and the way it lines up with the other parts of the the Bible, especially the gospel, is if you go back down to chapter 12, it talks about how Satan was hurled Mm -hmm. out of heaven to earth. And again, he is portrayed as this dragon right. who is pursuing a pregnant woman with a male child whom God protected, that is the Christmas story. Mm-hmm. And So if you go back to Advent, you think about Herod and the jealousy of the magi coming, hey, right. where's the real king of the Jews? We're here to worship him. And he's like, oh, uh, tell me where you find him so I can come worship him too. Right, And the natural, like, that's what was going in on. the natural, that mm-hmm. was going on in the spirit realm, demonic. Right. This dragon, Satan's like, I have to kill this child of God because yes. he has no earthly father Mm -hmm. god did something special here and so god protects her and so revelation 12 is talking about that well here in revelation 20 god's angel expels satan he kicks him out and said Mm -hmm. you are going to be done Um, because if you think about the timeline here satan has been active on earth since the beginning of human history and so that's where like the symbology and the timelines like should we take this literal is it metaphorical symbolic what are we supposed to do because Satan was in Eden, right. and he was lurking around like a serpent and deceived Eve and Adam. Yes. And then when Peter's writing, he talks about how Satan is prowling around like a lion looking for someone to devour. Mm-hmm. You think about the temptations of Jesus at the beginning of the Gospels, and he's, he's uh, tempting Jesus to do things, whether it's throw himself off of the building or bow down and worship Satan or turn these stones to bread. <clears throat> and Jesus goes back and quotes God's Word. And so you see Satan just constantly working right. um, and trying to manipulate and connive. And, and for me, when you look throughout church history, there's been spirit war. There's been deliverance. For sure. When I think yeah. about today... Um, at Emmanuel, we, like we have a prayer and worship service, and it's beautiful. And uh, we have an hour, hour and a half of come and go worship. Well, oftentimes after that time of worship, we mm-hmm. do deliverance sessions. And when I say deliverance sessions, I mean we pray evil out of people, right? And ask that God would do a great work. And so we have seen demonic manifestations of every shape, size, and sound. And and I don't say that um, to scare anybody. I'm just saying it's in the Bible. It's happening. It's here yeah. today. It's very real. So I don't think we're in a day and age where mm-hmm. Satan is like locked up in an abyss and not having any influence on the world. Right. I mean, for goodness sakes, just watch the news.
0: Just, look around, <laughs> just look around. Just look around. Go look out your front Sad. window and you'll yeah, see something. Funny. You're going, oh, okay.
1: Mm-hmm. This doesn't make any sense right now. And uh, if, that is if Satan's locked away and not having any influence on the world. Yeah. Because we believe he is. And so there there are common interpretations as to like what what this means and
0: Right, as far how, as the thousand years. Yeah, mean, yeah,
1: thousand years and is Satan bound or is he not bound? And we don't yeah. need to get into all those. I think we might have talked about them in a previous podcast. But yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, um, God's gonna win. Right. The the church can be hurt, but it can't be thwarted because God is using the church mm-hmm. to tell the world about the gospel about what jesus christ has done mm-hmm. and so when you go to verses four through six the focus kind of shifts to like our positioning with god yeah, do you want to read verses four five and six for us i do
0: i saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge and i saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony for jesus and because of the word of god they had not worshiped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their forehead or their hands they came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended this is the first resurrection blessed are the holy and those who have part in the first resurrection the second death has no power over them and they will be priests of God and mm. of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years
1: so i want to go back to the beginning of the biblical story here just to help us understand like yeah. what's happening here The idea of you and I, Christians, reigning and ruling with God Mm -hmm. might seem foreign to us because we don't talk about it that often. Yeah. But we need to because when you go back to Genesis 1 and 2, the intent behind God's creating, the the climax of his creation, Mm -hmm. the the one thing he said, oh, this is all good— this is what's very good. Yep. It's man and woman. Mm-hmm. And then he gave the keys of of the kingdom over reigning and ruling and stewarding and naming all of creation to Adam. Mm-hmm. And then to Eve and said, I want you to take care of this for me. You're going to reign and rule with me. And then when Adam and Eve did not listen to God, they, they forfeited those keys over to Satan.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What's happening now is we've come full circle and God's saying, hey, I, I vanquished evil. Satan has been defeated. All of his minions have been defeated. Now you... People made in the image of God are going to mm-hmm. reign and rule and judge with God. Because Paul wrote, even in his writings, do you not know that the Lord's people will also judge the world? Mm-hmm. And then other parts, of, and John's writing here is talking about like the faithful people in Thyatira. They're also going to be part of this judgment process. And so you see God's heart on full display that mm-hmm. it's like he's calling his people to be with him. Mm-hmm. And after they die, like when Jesus was on the cross, It's like, today you'll be with me in paradise. Like, when you die and you're a Christian, boom, immediately. Yeah. that There's a a sense of resurrection where you are with the Lord Mm
0: -hmm.
1: immediately. And then if you're not with Christ, there seems to be like death and Hades, which we'll get to in a minute. Boom.
0: Immediately. You're
1: apart from God immediately because that's Mm -hmm. how you live your life. That's what you wanted, and God gave you what you wanted. And so.
0: Breakdown for us, though. Because I think, so if I'm somebody listening to this, and, and I am, because I'm listening to Clark, <laughs> Clark talk about this. Like, okay, Pastor Clark, talk to me, though, about the first resurrection and the second resurrection. And just kind of like, hey, this is confusing, but like, what's the kind of the main takeaway? Yeah, yeah, here?
1: let's do it for sure. So earlier we were just reading this over, and where were those verses that you...
0: Well, I just read four through six. But so, like, blessed are the holy, that's verse 6 mm-hmm who have part of the first resurrection, the second death has no power. Oh, I guess I, I said it wrong. I'm sorry. First death, first resurrection, second death. Like mm-hmm. what is that? Yeah. Yeah. Like? Yeah.
1: yeah. So it, it, it can be confusing. What it seems to happen is when our time on earth is done, that's the first death that everybody's going to experience. Sure. And then from there, some of us will experience a resurrection to be with God in paradise. We can talk about what that might mean later on. Mm-hmm. Or again, you are apart from Him forever. Mm-hmm. And then after that, though, there is going to be a final judgment where there will be a almost another resurrection where the new heavens and the new earth are completed, where everything is okay. gone and sin is fully eradicated. Because like if you died right now, mm-hmm. hope you don't. Um, you're with God. Yeah. And I don't know to what extent the dead in heaven or paradise are involved with what's happening on earth or even aware of what's happening on earth. But clearly we're still on earth and things are happening. There's yeah. still uh, battles to be fought, even though Christ has won the war. And one day Christ is going to come back and put all of it to rest where Satan, the, the dragon, all of his minions are going to get thrown into the lake of fire forever. There's right. not going to be any more battles. The war is mm-hmm. over. There's not going to be any more struggle, mm-hmm. no more tear, no more cry. And God's people will be forever reunited with God, which is what the last couple of chapters of mm-hmm. Revelation are devoted to. Mm-hmm. And so when when everybody's dead and Christ comes back once and for all, there will be that final judgment mm-hmm. where the sheep and the goats will be separated. The Christians and the non-Christians will be separated. Okay. Um,
0: okay well that's yeah that's because that's what verse seven through nine is talking about like satan's doom and so when a thousand years are over satan will be released from his prison and then he'll he'll go out and have like you know on a leash but then eventually what's going to happen in verse nine is they marched to across the breath of the earth and surrounded the camp of god's people the city he loves but fire this is so interesting to me but fire came down from heaven and devoured them like satan's minions that's what mm-hmm. you're talking about and then verse 10 and the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown, and they'll be tormented day and night forever and ever. That's exactly it. And so, what well, you guys? What's so? Uh, it's so so phenomenal that this is like wow. That, uh, people talk about the Bible being like the most epic story, like a love story ever to unfold. And it really, when you spend time in it, I feel like my heart just has continued to grow. I, I, my confusion has sometimes grown with it, but that doesn't that doesn't diminish my heart for the Lord and and, and for His written word in this, because even. Right here, a little factoid before we move on. I haven't said that word in a while. Factoid, a favorite word. But fire came down from heaven and devoured them. Fire is, that's usually more associated with evil. Like that's kind of more of like, okay, the Lord has, there's been other ways. But I'm right now I'm thinking about like fire that the Lord called down during the times of Elijah. And Sodom and
1: Gomorrah. So
0: many times. And it's for judgment. Yeah. And so I... I just love that there, it's all woven together. It's seamless, even though there's things that maybe we don't understand or pictures that are hard or confusing. You cannot deny that there are these themes throughout the Bible, themes of love, themes of joy, themes of healing and restoration and, and obviously salvation. And along with those themes are these themes of judgment and holiness and justice that are in it too. And that continues all the way, all the way to the end. I mean, we're almost to the end of the whole entire Bible here, and so just love that that picture there of the God is almost using like their means against him and saying like, "I am so much bigger and so much better that I'm actually going to use like what you use and and show you again that like it's me in the oh, end for it's sure. me. And it comes <laughs> yeah.
1: down to you believing in Jesus. Um, I've been studying John 11, and it, he's asking just to wrestle with this. He says, "I am the resurrection, the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die." because we're all going to die on earth and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And what Jesus is referring to is the first and second death. He said, all right, the one who believes in me will die. Okay. Yep. We're, we're going to die the the earthly death, but he says, they're also going to live and you're going to believe in me and live forever. There's this beautiful, beautiful gift that Jesus offers us. And so you get to sit and dream and think about what it's like to live in a place and a time where Jesus is physically like on the throne and Satan is no more. Like he's in the lake of fire. Right. And there's no more tears. There's no more cancer. There's no more fighting. There's no more war. Mm -hmm. There's no more losing. It's just you are with God. You are with his people. And Mm -hmm. it's just going to be glorious. And so when it comes to like these thousand years, this is what people fight about often. And I'm going to be real with you right now. I had to write part of my thesis paper when I graduated seminary. That, cool. that bad boy was like 96 pages or something like that.
0: I don't like to reflect on that. No, pipe. I
1: was not all that enjoyable. Um, <laughs> part of it was dealing mm. with um, eschatology, the end times, yeah. and the millennium. And what do you do with this thousand years? And it's important to think through for a couple of reasons, but there's three camps that I'm just going to briefly share. We're not going to debate it, fight about it. There's three camps that people have over church history fallen into. One is millennialism. One is post-millennialism, and one is pre-millennialism. The a millennial camp means that the thousand years of the church, that thousand years is um is a there's no real millennium. It's uh, symbolic in that Satan has been bound, yes, but that there is a battle at hand right now. That mm-hmm. um, like Satan cannot seduce the church because God promised not to let His people go. And But there's, it's not a literal thousand years. And so right now, if you look around the world, you can see, again, a tension between the good and the evil, mm-hmm. the glory of God and the kingdom of God versus the ways of this world. And so uh, that's where I actually landed as I wrestled with this. The second camp is postmillennialism. And postmillennialists believe that the thousand years represents the present time, right now, Or possibly a future age when nations believe in Christ and Mm -hmm. Satan is held back from confusing the nations. My thing is, again, have you opened your eyes and read the news or looked on Twitter lately? I do not think that Satan is bound right now. Mm -hmm. I say that from just observing the world and also from personal experience, where there's deliverance and all that. Like Satan and demons are very real. Um, The last one, though, is that pre-millennialism camp. And that is that Jesus is going to defeat the beast of the Antichrist and establish his kingdom, and then there'll be an imprisonment of Satan. And that is, like, the false prophet and the beast have been defeated in chapter 19. Then Satan's restrained in chapter 20. And then after that, the resurrection of God's people will occur. And then there'll be a thousand-year reign with Christ to represent this long period of earthly peace and prosperity. So some people think that might be coming. It might. But when I read, uh, especially First and Second Thess- Thessalonians, talk a lot about this in your mm-hmm. revelation. The amillennial uh, stance makes most sense to me. But again, if you don't agree with me, don't email me. I'm not, I don't think it's worth fighting about. I'm just reading this thinking, okay, mm-hmm. there's a battle. Jesus is going to win. God's people are going to re- be redeemed. That's enough for me. Yeah. Um, Because when you go to verses 7, 8, and 9, though, it does talk about how Satan is going to be released and how there Mm -hmm. will be deception. It says that Satan will be released at the end of the thousand years, and it's going to be a a futile attempt because he's going to still try to overthrow the purposes of God, and he's going to be tormenting the unbelievers who are there. And the image I have in my head, I think I said this in a previous podcast, is like when you cut the head off a rattlesnake the rattlesnake's head can still reach out and try to bite. Mm -hmm. Satan's lost. Yep. I mean, Christ has already gone to the cross and resurrected, and the Spirit's already been poured out. Mm -hmm. So he is just trying to inflict pain on his way down. That ship's sinking. And again, though, what what it shows me here when it comes to the judgment of Satan and then verses 11 through 15, the judgment of the dead, it shows you how depraved the human heart is if the Holy Spirit and Jesus do not reside there. And again, you go back to other, the, the, the portions of revelation where judgments come, the bowls of wrath have been poured out, the trumpets have been blown and the people trying to hide behind a rock or they're like doing something else. Instead of repenting, they still don't repent. And you're Mm -hmm. like, goodness gracious, it's still just not happening here. Um, You're not turning to the Lord. And that's a little bit of a bummer, but be backtrack again, again, verses nine and 10. That's where like that that key is like you said satan's thrown to the, the lake of fire yeah um he's lost christ is won. it's gorgeous
0: it is i think this is kind of the we've talked about this and how it's like wow there's been so many judgments in the book of revelation wow there's so many battles i mean here's the thing how long has the earth like been yearning and crying out for this and i'm not even just talking humans i'm talking the earth creation saying oh, yeah. come come Jesus, come like cleanse and renew, restore. Wash. And so it makes sense. Like there's been so much evil from all four corners of the earth, just just saturating this creation that now it, when the time has come, it's like, okay.
1: Hmm.
0: And then an angel appeared and then an angel appeared. Yeah, yeah. And then an angel appeared. And so I, I'm encouraged even reading, um, even reading toward the end, just how the sea gave up the dead. You want to um,
1: end just by reading the last couple of verses for us? Verses like 11 through 15. Have we already read that? No, no, here we go.
0: Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. Earth and sky fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead great and small standing before the throne and the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name was not found in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. See, these are the things I feel like that we read, and it's like, oh, this is so uncomfortable. When you're in, Christ, it is uncomfortable. When you are in Christ, though, and when we understand that in judgment, the we're seen as Jesus shining. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. our deeds and what we've done. And, and I don't know what the, the actual, you know, recording, what will be written down. If, if like uh, under Bobby, Bobby Corbett will just say like, talk to Jesus. Like who knows what is actually recorded? Or maybe it is every, everything that I, how I have sinned and I have grieved against God and, and how I'm still found in Christ because he found me. I, I don't know what it actually looks like, mm-hmm. but these sobering conversations with people, like we kind of said in a couple podcasts ago, already too, that like some folks um, just, maybe we do need a really um, kind of apologetics, really mindful, tons of facts and statistics. We need to talk these things out, or or maybe we really do need to lay hands in prayer on some folks, you know, however the Lord's going to act in their lives and bring them back to him. And some folks need to just hear like, you're going to die.
1: Yeah. There
0: is going to be judgment we're going to die. We are. And it's going to be a beautiful thing to be found in Christ and to be able to read chapter 21 and know like, that's me. I'm there. Uh, Because we talk about that with our kids. Like, hey, why are you guys going to heaven? Are Are you guys going to heaven? Yeah. Because the answer is yes. And we always want our kids to know the answer is yes. The answer is I don't know. And the answer is yes, be, not because of, you know, all these great things that you did, but it's because your name is in the book of life because of what Jesus did. That's right. And so just instilling that. So when so when they read Revelation 20, it'll be like, okay, okay, Lord, I, I, I'm, I'm a little nervous I don't understand it, but I'm in you. I'm mm-hmm. hidden in you. And my name is written down in the book of life.
1: Amen. You guys. Hey, thanks for, for tuning in. We got two more podcasts to go and then the book of Revelation will be wrapped. Wow. So thanks for joining us on this journey. We hope that you've met the Lord in this study, and that we'll enjoy the last two chapters. Mm-hmm. God bless you.
0: The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give Him His peace. Have a great day.